Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Father, thank you for this morning's beautiful day. Uh, Lord, chances to gather to worship you, Lord. And uh, Lord, to set our, our hearts, our minds on important things, deep things, Lord. Things that are eternal, Lord, not temporal. Lord, we do. We just lift up your hand in our world. Pray for wisdom, Lord, for our leaders and the leaders of the world with everything going on. Pray that wisdom would prevail, Father. Lord, thank you for Rick and Colleen, the amazing ministry, Lord, that's going on in Nepal, northern India. Ask for Rick's safe return. Ask for a filling of your spirit among these leaders, Lord, these, these men that will be gathering for this equipping time. Lord, that you would multiply these jamats, these house churches, Lord, for your glory. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and right now, just pray you just open our hearts as Bryant brings the word, fill him and strengthen him, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. That's yours, bro? Yeah. Um, well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah, everybody get an extra hour of sleep? Yeah. See if you're awake. See if you're awake. I know of, I know of at least one person that slept in this morning. I won't call his name out, but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, hey, let me, um, I need more prayer. Um, I shared this in the first service to you, just, you know, it's amazing this, this topic of um, this calling for us of lordship has been one of the, for, for as far as for me and my preparation for this message has been one of the the, the biggest spiritual battles I've had to go through, just the warfare that's going on because, and, and, and there's a reason for that, you know, and I think this because, and the, the enemy just doesn't want you guys to, to hear truth, you know, and this is a big, big, big topic of lordship um, that the Lord made, is making a, and hopefully we unpack this today, a very clear message to us as his followers, as his Bride is his body to, to, to engage in, to make sure that we are um, foundationally um, rooted in lordship. And, and like I said, it's the, the spiritual attacks over, over this are just uh, worse than anything I've ever experienced in the preparation of a message. So I felt like maybe, maybe, you've ex- maybe you would experience the same spiritual type of battles in, in this, over this topic, over this issue, um, not an issue, over this uh, amazing um, Lordship, so, Lord, I just um, just make ourselves available to you, Lord, and Lord, I ask you to speak through me with the power of your Spirit, Lord, that I would get out of the way. Lord, help me to, um, Lord, hold my tongue if anything of the flesh, and uh, Lord, I pray that your truth would ring, ring, ring forward, Lord God, and and reach every one of our hearts um, down deep deep into our hearts, Lord God. I pray that every ear would be open in here today, Lord, and online, and eyes would be opened, hearts softened. Lord, that you would move in power, your word and your spirit. And Lord, that you would, you would transform us today, Lord, into your likeness, Lord, into this, this desire, this design of yours, Lord God, to be in lordship with you. And uh, Lord, I just pray, in your mighty name, Jesus, that you would move among us, in us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I think I'd be remiss not to, um, you, we're talking about lordship, not to share the gospel. Because without the gospel, there is no lordship. Without new creation, Dan did a, a phenomenal job 
few weeks ago, just launching off, and we got a series of uh, six topics we're going to be preaching on um, over the year, and Dan kicked us off with uh, New Creation, did an amazing job with that, and you know, once, once, we come, once we become a new creation, we're beckoned into this, this life of lordship. And um, you could argue that there's no lordship there to become a, cre- a new creation to begin with. But, but lordship is about a journey. It's not about a one-time uh, event. Okay? It's not about a, a conversion. It's not about, hey, that's lordship. You're done. <laughs> Check it off the box. It's over. Lordship is, is an engagement. In a, in a Christian's life, it should be an engagement for the rest of your life. Okay, and these are things that prepare us, as Becca was talking about, that I'll get into later. But um, I just, I just thought, hey guys, this just the, the gospel of what what Christ has done, and I'm not going to be able to even cover all of the gospel. The gospel is so big, we've we've minimized the gospel in this tiny little box of of saying the gospel is all about what Christ did on the cross, He died on the cross for us. But it's so much bigger. All of uh, from the very beginning in Genesis to Revelation, there's this, this, the gospel is being is being delivered. The gospel is being talked about. It's been talked about Jesus, the Messiah. It's been talked about the life He wants us to have, that life that that frankly many have rejected, right? And many will reject going forward. Um, not everyone will be transformed, unfortunately. And so, what Jesus, the Father sent His Son Jesus. He sent him to be among us, to walk among us, to teach his disciples, to call those disciples in, to teach them, to empower them, um, to, to show them the ways of the kingdom, to show them what, what, what the Lord desired, to show them what lordship was all about. Right? And, then, and then he, he, he suffered um, uh, an unworthy death on the, on the cross and the persecution of those who took him and punished him and, and persecuted him. Um, hung him on the cross and, and killed him, right? And then he went into the grave three days and rose again. He, he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the dead, all right? Resurrected, a new resurrection body of Jesus Christ, walking among his, among his disciples, over 500 eyewitness accounts. He walked among them for 40 days. And then he, he said, look, I must go. I've got to go to be with the Father, the Father's um, Call him up and he ascended back into heaven, the right hand of the Father. And he said, I must go because I'm going to send forth the Holy Spirit. And he, he goes and sends into heaven, sends the right hand of the Father, and sends forth the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit, to empower his, his new believers to walk in, this, in this, this amazing grace and faith that he's called us into and this lordship, right? And we'll see examples of that here in a minute. Um, and so I think... For, for many of us, we, we, we try to minimize what Christ has done, and it's even bigger, it's even so much bigger than that. And there's so many, so many things that we could get into in the Scriptures where He shows us His purpose in all that, in the church. And I'll, I'll cover that in a minute in Ephesians chapter 3. Um, but, guys, this, the, the profound thing about this for me that's, that jumps out, that, that I don't think is talked about much when the gospel is shared, is that... He did more than just die on the cross. Um, something took place at that moment. Okay, He wasn't just punished. He wasn't just beaten and flogged. Something spiritual took place. He paid a debt. He took all of, all of our sin. Okay, we were, we were the ones who were worthy to take upon that sin. He took it all upon himself. And not only that, but the, the, debt, the debt for that sin he took upon himself, he paid it. He paid that ultimate price, that sacrifice. And not only that, 
he, he, at that time, because, you know, the, the cost of sin is death, but also it's alienation from God, meaning you're cut off, meaning you are not allowed to be in the presence of God. And so Jesus himself was removed from the presence of his Father. Now, I don't know about you, but that was the most agonizing thing for Jesus, I think. It wasn't the punishment. You know, others have been crucified on a cross um, during that time. Others have been beaten and flogged and murdered. Um, it, was the, it was the agonizing thing of being taken out of fellowship with the Father. That was one thing that Jesus longed for more than anything. And we see that all through in the Scriptures where he would remove himself and to be with the Father, right? And he even, he even said, and you see a little bit of selfishness here, okay? I think, I mean, some, some, some may argue with me, but when Jesus was in the garden and he was praying to the Father, and he said, Lord, Father, take this cup from me. But then you see a reversal and he said, but if it is your will, let it be done, right? So there's a reversal there. Even he had, he said, Jesus said, hey, I struggle with all the same things that you struggle with. Jesus has struggled with all the same things we struggle with. We struggle with selfish ways. Jesus was tempted by that, right? But he, he quickly turned because of the lordship that he had with the Father. And so the fact that when he, when he died, he was alienated from the Father should be a big deal for us. We should look at that and say, wow, the amazing price that he paid. It wasn't just the death. It was he, because of that alienation, yeah, because of taking on that sin, he was alienated from the Father, but then resurrected to be with the Father again in glory. Amen? That is the same He wants for us to be resurrected. Right? We're dead, and now we're alive. Okay? Resurrected in Him to be with the Father, to be in communion with Him. Perfect Lordship. Okay? So that is, that is His desire. Um, I want to read Psalm, Psalms chapter uh, 71. In the first service, I didn't read it. So I was short on time, and uh, this time I figured I'm just going to go as long as I need to. You guys don't need to eat lunch. There's no kids to worry about being released out of, out of downstairs. So we've got all day, guys, all day. I, what did the Lord say about food? I get my food from doing the Lord's will. I'm just kidding. That is what he said, though. Um, but. What's happened to the church? Paul used to preach and it was at midnight and people were falling asleep in the windows, falling to their death. They were sitting there listening to this guy for so long. I'm just, just a little call out. Um, but listen to this in Psalm 71, 71 verse 15 through 24. Um, I, will, I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words... Okay, many of us don't proclaim because we say we're not skilled with words. Well, guess what? I didn't stop David here. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, and there's a few of us in here like that, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O oh God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare to you, O oh God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. 
Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I will, I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Powerful that, hey, every day, every day, guys, is something that we, we should be exalting and, and, and praising and worshiping our Lord. Um, so lordship, you can see in this is about worship. This is not just, you know, words in a, in a quiet place. It's about corporate worship. It's about our, our praise, singing, uh, dancing. Not many dancers in here, I can tell, but there's a few. But guys, we should, we should not hold anything back. We see this in the psalmist, that, that he's not holding it back. He said, look, I'm not holding anything back. Um, all right, I, I wanted to open with that too primarily because I didn't want to punch you in the gut right out of the gate um, with what I'm about to say. Um, but I heard, um, you may not agree with this, but I do. It's, I heard a pastor say the other week, and I totally agree. He said, I said look, you... Unless you know what hate is, you cannot love. Okay? And, and the Lord, whether you believe it or not, He, he hates. He, he hates sin. He hates um, certain types of sin more than others. Some, He said, are an abomination to God. He hates when, we, when, when his, his children walk away. He hates those things. He's moved to compassion. Right? He hates them. But it, without that hate, without us knowing what hate is, without knowing in my own life, if without, without looking at things and hating them, I'm not truly able to love, okay? And if I'm not able to hate the way um, I carry out my day or some thoughts I might have in my mind or this, that, and the other, then I'm just really in a, in a, in a passive place that, that, that ultimately will just lead us to apostasy. Um, but one of the things about worship that um, just to you know please don't take these punches in the gut in the wrong way um, I'm speaking to myself um, as much as all of us this is to the body I'm included in that so this is not a me you know pointing a finger or barking at anyone this is this is an acknowledgement this is what the Lord says to admonish one another okay one of the things that 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 brings growth in the body is admonishment. And if we, if we take that off the table, then there's not growth, okay? We've got to admonish one another. We've got to call things out. We've got to say, say hard things sometimes. But the Lord said, hey, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when, when we worship, I catch myself honoring the Lord with my lips, but my heart is not there. And that should be, in every one of us, a quick turn, right? A turning away from that heart and mindset to repentance. It's what repentance is. It's not just asking the Lord for forgiveness. It's saying, Lord, help me, turn me to you and your ways. Um, But in Jeremiah 2, verse 13 let this be a let this be a word to you guys. I, 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 the Lord gave me this word a few weeks ago, actually actually a few years ago, and it hasn't gone away. But He's been reminding me of it lately. And He said, um, "For my people have committed two evils; they have forsaken me, the the fountain of living waters, 
and hewed out or dug out cisterns for themselves. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. I don't know if you know what a cistern is. A cistern is basically a well. You, you dig down, you, you, you dig this well to hold water. And he's saying, look, you guys are digging your own wells. You're not trusting in me to give you living water. He said, you're creating your own ways. You're creating your own programs. You're creating your own things, your own, your own ideas, your own visions, your own things. Um, but, the, but you're not consulting in me. And, and, and that's not lordship. You know, that, that's absent of lordship, actually. Um, it's forsaking the Lord, as he says, you're forsaking me. And, and I just felt the Lord just con- convicting us on that as a body, as I looked, this stop, this, the, the, once we realize that, there should be an admonishment for us to turn, turn from this way in, into a, a life of lordship um, and a hunger for lordship to want to follow him, to want to get those, those, those streams of living water, right? That will never run dry. It's interesting, the, um, the interaction that Jesus had with the woman at the well, you know, that was at Jacob's well, the well that they had dug, that Jacob, Jacob had dug generations past. And Jesus meets this, the Samaritan woman at the well, and she's coming to get water out of that well, but he's there to give her living water. He said, in fact, he said, the water that I will give will never run dry. Amen? And she walked away a new person. She walked away a new person and she started professing the gospel. And, and, and Hey, come and, come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. All right, he revealed these things to her. Um, so that it, it turned her, it turned her from from going to that well to going to the true well of living water, and that's that's where the Lord wants us to be. And I'm afraid we've become leaky. The church has become leaky. We're doing things, we're pouring things into the church, we're pouring things into our life, and it's just leaking. And we just constantly need to be refilled. We just constantly need more water. Okay. And, and, and this is not the Lord's desire. He doesn't want that. He wants you completely sustained, you know, receiving from the streams of living water from the Lord himself. Amen? So when you hear that this morning, I, pr- I just pray that, that there's a correction. Um, there's a correction in all of us and, and for the sake of the body. Um, you know, moving to life in the Spirit. Um, you know, I think many, many have rejected the Spirit. And, and I just want to tell you that that's not lordship. If you're rejecting the Lord, if you're rejecting the Spirit, you're rejecting the Lord. The Lord is the Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three are the Lord. Okay? When the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if we're rejecting the Spirit, if we think this is just some high and lofty uh, charismatic language, that's just incorrect. Okay, that's language that you've maybe developed or heard that is a, a, a cracked cistern that you're, you're just pouring um, ideas or thoughts into that's just leaking, all right, and it's running dry. Lordship is sharing, sharing in His glory, the Lord's glory and suffering. Now, when we hear the word suffering today, um, many, of us, many of us throw that into the category of I, I just need to I just need to suffer with my struggles I just need to suffer with my my sin I just need to suffer with my afflictions or my sickness or this that and the other but it says he, he hey it's the Lord's suffering and the, and the, the Lord's suffering was what we shared earlier about um, the gospel sharing the gospel being persecuted uh, martyred even uh, we'll, we'll hear about that in a second just how these these first um, Apostles and disciples were martyred for the sake of 
the suffering, of taking up that cup of suffering. Nothing, he says, Romans 8, 17 through 18, yet we suffer, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the future glory he will reveal to us later. Amen? This suffering, you know, of sharing the gospel. If we're not sharing the gospel and, and, and suffering for that, then we're really not in lordship. Okay? What we're doing is, is, is in a selfish way, and I'm included in this, in a selfish way, we're like, well, I don't really don't want to face the persecution of sharing with this person or that person. And even, even sometimes when the Lord may say, go share. Okay? We're turning our ears off. We're turning our hearts off to what the Father's will is in that situation because of our own selfish desire. Does that make sense? So, But the Lord doesn't want us there. He wants us in lordship, which is in the perfect submission to his will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay? Um, lordship is discipleship. I just know, I know if we're not in discipleship, we're not really walking in lordship because, you know, again, this, this is God's design, his, his divine plan for us to walk in discipleship. He, he, he modeled this perfectly and he's called us into discipleship with one another, with others, someone to come and, and lead me, to show me the ways, show me the scriptures, teach me. Um, I know from my own life, it was amazing. Um, there was men, godly men that just, Becca actually was praying for this without telling me, praying for that God would put godly men in my life. And next thing you know, they just started popping up everywhere and, um, and transform my life. You know, they transformed my life. And I still, I'm still in discipleship with these men today. It hasn't stopped. Um, so I think, you know, for many that it's the preventing or, or, in a prideful way, we're resisting from getting into discipleship. And I think, I just, I just want to pray that off this morning and, and ask you, encourage you to get into discipleship with someone because it's, that's, where, that's where lordship takes place, yeah. you know? That's where lordship takes place and growth and maturity, spiritual maturity and spiritual growth um, is in that discipleship. And so we're going to be primarily in, in Matthew 16, if you want to turn there with me. I just want to show you an example of lordship here. Matthew 16, starting in uh, verse 13, if you want to follow along. Now, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. Um, just a little background on that, guys, is that this was Caesarea Philippi is known as the gates of hell. Okay, this is this is where the enemy, the demonic realm, these things were going on that 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 Jesus took his disciples to the very first time. And he said, look, I'm pronouncing my arrival to the darkness, to the enemy, to the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of light is here. The kingdom of God is here. And he took his disciples there. And this is the exchange that they had. He goes, you know, you can only imagine right there before the the gates of hell, he asked his disciples, he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, 
the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because your father, my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. And he would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your old selfish life, paraphrase there, your old life, you will lose it. But if you give up your old selfish life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with His angels and the glory of His Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming into in His kingdom. And then he goes in chapter 17 of the transfiguration of Jesus when he takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, right? And Moses and Elijah appear in the transfiguration. He said, he's announced, I have come and my kingdom is here. Amen? And so, just looking back here, you go from verse 17 where Jesus says, You're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. The Spirit of God revealed this, the Father revealed this through His Spirit to Peter. And a few few verses later, we see Peter, in his selfishness, try to reprimand Jesus for going, right? For going to be persecuted, for going to suffer, to take the cup of suffering that his father had called him to do, right? For the sake of all of us. And it's amazing to me that you've got, this is where I, I'm super encouraged, and I hope all of you are too, that we all, we're all susceptible to this selfishness is part of sinful nature that should be dying away. It's part of our, our sanctification that these things are dying away. But you see this in Peter, how he, he, he engaged in this, in this. He wasn't doing the Father. He wasn't speaking the Father's will anymore. He was speaking his own will. His own will was, no, Jesus, I don't want you to go. I, I want you. I want you to stay here. I want you. I think you should do this. Okay? That's Peter's opinion. That's Peter's selfish ambition, his, his selfish um, desire, right? And Jesus said, Jesus didn't patty cake around with this thing. He didn't soft glove it. He said, get behind me, Satan. Okay? We, we, we live in a, a culture today that is so PC. We're so worried about offending someone for anything we say. Yet Jesus here is modeling for us 
I'm not suggesting you go around and tell everybody to get behind you, Satan. If they're not, if they don't want to do what you want to do, okay. I'm just saying, careful that you are not doing the will of Satan instead of the will of the Father, okay. It is that cut and dry. Jesus didn't joke around with it. He didn't paint this gray area that we all just hang out in. is black and white, okay. His is the white. Um. He says, look, you're a dangerous trap. You're a dangerous trap to me. So in this day, I'm just convicted by this, about human points of view and how susceptible we are to, to arguing or fighting, standing upon hard, you know, hard ground of my human point of view, my opinion, my desire, my will. How much of that, if you, if you open your eyes to that, if you open your mind to that and heart to that, you see that, this is actually a dangerous trap for the, for the kingdom of God advancing. It's actually a divisive, very divisive thing. It's actually a very selfish thing, right? He, when he said, pick up your cross, he said, that's laying down. That's sacrificing your selfish ways. That's saying, look, I'm picking up this cross. I'm going to carry this thing. I'm going to carry the will of the Father. I'm going to carry the will of the Father in everything that I do, and I'm going to seek Him for this. Again, Jesus went to the Father to ask for this cup to be removed. But he said, no, but if it's your will, the Father revealed that will to him. He's in the business of revelation today. He's in the business of revealing things to us. Unless we go to him and ask him, unless we are submitted to that, then we're really not in lordship. We're just doing our own way. We're just doing our own thing. Make sense? And so that's, the Lord doesn't like that. He, I would say he despises that. I would say he hates that. His desire for you is to be in communion with Him, doing His will, not our own. And so, um, moving on, just looking at, you know, Peter's state here, uh, pre-Pentecost. I refer to this as pre-Pentecost, post-Pentecost, where, you know, Peter and all the disciples, they denied Jesus uh, up, until, up until Pentecost. So you see this radical difference after Pentecost of the filling and empowering of the Holy Spirit is that not one of them denied Christ. In fact, they all followed unto death what the Lord's will was, sharing the gospel, the fullness of the gospel, casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, sharing the gospel, talking about Jesus, the Messiah. No matter what, they were, they were met with amazing persecution during that time. And yet they didn't shrink back from that, okay? They, they were filled with the Spirit, empowered by Him to do the Father's will Pre-Pentecost, they, they, all, they all fell away. They all denied Christ. Oh, no, I don't know. Peter three times, right? Before the crow. He, before the rooster crow. He denied him three times. Right? And he was devastated by that. We should be devastated by that if we're not following and in lordship. And so post-Pentecost, when we look at Stephen, I wanted to pull Stephen out as a, 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 a prime example of lordship here. He was the first one to be martyred. He was the first... Uh, of, of the 12 that got sent out to be martyred. Um, and that's in Acts uh, chapter 6 and 7, if you want to write that down. I won't read the whole chapter, two chapters to you today. Um, but you look at this, you look at this um, journey that, that Stephen is on and this, this um, experience that he was having and, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's sharing the gospel. And these men get in, in the crowd get, get upset with him, right? Because they're... He's kind of shaking their world up a little bit. 
He's not te- teaching them the ways of the world. He's teaching them ways of the kingdom. And that rattles people. And so they, they draw him in, drag him into the courts. And, and the, the leaders of that time were, were there to, hey, what are you, what, what's this message you're giving? And that's in, in chapter 7, verse 1, is, is a, a pivotal, pivotal moment. Not pivotal, pivotal moment for Stephen. And I, and I refer to um, Matthew chapter uh, 10, verse 19 through 20. It says, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious. By the way, he was being delivered over to these leaders. Do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Amen? So Stephen, knowing that, engaging that, next thing you know, he's sharing the gospel. He, un, he unpacks, he unfolds everything about the, the, the Jewish um, heritage, all these things that happened in Israel, uh, the patriarchs, and, and follows all the way through, telling the story into, the, into Jesus, the coming of Jesus, his persecution, them killing him, and, and so forth, on to Jesus' death, burial, resurrection. And when the Father sent him the Holy Spirit, and then boom, what do they do? They get so angry, they drag him out, and they kill him. They kill him. They drag him out, and they kill him. And at his death, he says, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. Sound familiar? Jesus hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. Guys, that's lordship. I don't know about you, but that's, that's strikingly different than what we see today. Strikingly different than even my own life looks like. And, and I think many of our lives look like. But that's what he calls us to is this, this radical abandonment of our own selfish ways, turning. I shared in the first service, I, I, I look around and I see this too often. Um, I'll share my own testimony on this real quick. Is that when I came to Christ, it was, it, was a, it was a cutting off of everything old. I'd cut off, and you may not like this, you might think I'm wrong for doing this. I cut off every friendship that I had because not one of them was godly. I cut every single one of them off. I cut off everything I was doing that was ungodly. And yeah, this took, this took a, it wasn't like instant that day. It took, it took two days. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But it was, it was, it was like a, it was like an about face. Do you know what I mean? It was like, okay, I'm going this direction. That is not good. I see it. I'm turning this way. I see this, this crazy body of believers. I don't know what it is, but I, I love that. Okay, and and I forgot to share this earlier. Okay, I don't want you to like me. I don't want you to like me. I really don't, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just I don't want you to like me. I want you to love me, and I don't want to like you either. I really don't. I mean, I want to love you, and that's that's what you know. Jesus says to us, "Is I don't want you to like me. I don't want you to come in here in this." lukewarmness and just like me just go through your cistern based things and and like me checking the boxes doing the things that you think are what I want but they're really not they're really what you want you know they really want what, what wants to make you look good and feel good about yourself and he said I don't want you to like me I want you to love me because I've loved you first 
I've loved you first, he says. We love, we can only love because he loved us first. And so that's what he's calling us into. That's lordship is loving, not liking. Again, I think if you love me, you're going to like me, but maybe not. Maybe you don't. I love some people I don't really like being around. Um, guys, that's, that's, what we, that's, the life, that's the life of lordship we've got to move towards and get out of this complacency. Because when the, when the heat comes and it's coming, Steve's been in Revelation just uh, lifting us all up in the Word and Revelation preparing us for this time. And I'm not, it's not doomsday message. This is glorified message. This is us. Hey, if, you're, if you know Jesus, you're not afraid of His judgments. If, you're, if, you're, if, you're a G, if you love Jesus, if you're in Lordship, you're actually expecting and waiting and, and longing for His judgment to come. You know why? Because His judgment is salvation and life upon a believer. It's not death and condemnation. That's for those who don't know the Lord. So if you're in that place where you don't know the Lord, you better fear His judgment. You better fear the day of the Lord. But if you're in His, if you're in His hands, if you're His truly, then there's no fear of His return. There's no fear of His judgment because that judgment is actually good. That judgment is life and salvation, eternal. Right now our salvation is not complete. It will not be complete until He returns. Our life is abundant now, but it's, not, it's eternal in the spiritual. But when He comes, He'll consummate that. We'll be lifted up. We'll be taken. Amen? So that's an encouraging thing. I, we, I pray, Lord, come now. You know? But that's a selfish thing too, because is it your will to come now? I don't know. That's, that's what we got to pray for, right? Um, gosh. You guys got a couple more hours in you? This is exciting. I don't know. This pumps me up. Talking about lordship. And, and again, none of us are doing this perfectly right. There was only one perfect Lord, doing perfect lordship. Um, so don't, don't hear this as condemnation, but let this, let this encourage us, guys. One of the things that I've heard us, I've heard the church, and I've seen this operating in the church, is this, this idea of practice, practicing certain things. And, and I'm not opposing practicing things, but I just think about Jesus when he went to be with the Father. He wasn't practicing. When he went to be in silence and, and pursuing the Father, to be with him, to pray. It wasn't about practice. Jesus didn't go in this place. He did it because he wanted to be with his Father. He wanted, he wanted lordship, love, and longing. He had lordship, love, and longing for the Father. And that's, that's where we want to be, right? That's where we want the Lord to lead us into. And so I look at some of these characteristics about lordship that will lead us there, that will root us in this foundationally. You know, and Becca shared this word during worship about preparation you know i gave an analogy in the first message about um sprinters okay you, you, i don't know who's if anybody's a sprinter or just take an extreme athlete any type of athlete there's a lot of athletes in this town but you don't get up off the couch like i do most of the time and go and go do something like extreme unless you're nuts all right yeah 
You don't get up off the couch and go run in a in a, a national competition or a, a sprinting competition or or state. I mean, Aspen High School didn't go to the state championships by sitting on the couch eating potato chips all year. Okay, they they went because of the preparation, the, the hard work, the dedication, the devotion. Right. This is our life and lordship. Is that it's a preparation. If you think that you're going to wake up that day. When the Lord comes and he'll be like a thief in the night, he's going to come when you do not expect it. Okay? If you think you're going to wake up that day because you've said a prayer back in 1995 that you're all good, you're flatly mistaken, um, sadly wrong, and I'm sorry. You've got to prepare. Preparation, Lordship is preparation for that day, right? His preparation is, is, is a, is a joyful uh, journey, it's a joyful time all along. Right where we're experiencing the fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that that it is it is outside of our realm of, of comprehension, okay. But if you think you're going to be again ready on that day, then just look at Hebrews chapter six, okay. I'm not going to get into that today, but many will fall away. Not everybody, not everybody, will be saved. We know that from the Word of God. It's truth. This is His truth. Some will fall away. Some will fall away to apostasy where they completely deny the Lord after tasting in His goodness, witnessing the power of His Holy Spirit. They will completely fall away. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that camp. I would much rather prepare and enjoy my Father from now until then. Every knee will bow at the return of Jesus. Why wait? Why wait? Right? This is a time for us to engage and that lordship and that fellowship with the Lord that will build us up, that will put on display. Ephesians, cha- Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 says, The church, in my infinite wisdom, the church will be put on display for, for all the unseen realm and the rulers in the unseen realm. This infinite wisdom of God, right? As we are engaged in lordship and walking in, this father, walking in the Father's will, we're put on display to the unseen rulers in the heavenly realm. Um, characteristics. I like characteristics because, look, it's a reflection on my own life. If I look and see, and I don't see this characteristic, then it's an alarm. It's a red flag. Okay, so let that let that serve you this morning. One characteristic is to devour the Word of God, to want to know Him more fully, to want to know who my Lord is, and who He desires me to be for Him, who He is transforming me into. He reveals these things to us in His Word. If you're not devouring His Word, you are not in lordship, plain and simple. If you don't want to know his word, if you don't want to know him through his word, then you are not in lordship. And that's not a critique. Well, I guess it is a critique. It's an admonishment. It's like, look, it's true. I'll look at my own life. If I'm not in the word, if I don't desire that, have an insatiable hunger for it, then I really probably don't want to know. I just want to check a box and walk through the doors and and not be known and and... Not want to know him. First Peter two verse two says, Crave pure spiritual milk like newborn babies. You ever see a baby crave milk? They they whine and scream if they don't get it. Right? We should be whining and screaming and kicking if we're not getting this spiritual milk, which is the word of God. Okay? Trusting in him that he will reveal truth to me. Revelation for today. He reveals, he reveals through words, through visions, through dreams, through 
interpretation of, of tongues, through prophecy, through words of knowledge, he reveals. How many of us would think the Father is just going to give us this manifesto, if you want to look at it that way, it's this the living, alive, and powerful Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. This is His power right here, alive and well, for us to walk in. How many of us would believe that our Father, our earthly Father, would give us something like this, say, good luck, go figure it out. I'm not going to reveal anything to you. Figure it out. That is not the Lord. There's not lordship to even expect that or think that way. Um, trust in him. He will reveal these things to you in his timing, right? And his timing is best. How many times I want things in my own timing? And they don't come and you may get disgusted, but guess what? The Lord knows better. He knows better. All, de- all decisions are submitted to him first. All decisions. If you're out here making family decisions, uh, work decisions, housing decisions, car buying decisions, all these things without consulting in the Lord, then guess what? Those are cisterns. Cracked. Just cracked. Next thing you know, oh, I just need a new car. I need a different car. I need a new house. I should probably, that's kind of our life, I guess. We keep moving. Um, but we consult the Lord in every one of these cases. Okay? We always consult and we always wait to hear from the Lord. Now, if, I'm not suggesting I'm perfect. I'm not suggesting we're perfect in doing this. There's, there's times when we, you have to make quick decisions. You jump out and you do it. It's, it. it's instinctive. All right? But then you go back and say, Lord, forgive me. I acted on my behalf and not yours. I forgot to consult you. That's repentance. A, a life in lordship involves repentance. Not one time. You know, it's not saying, Lord, forgive me, but I'm turning. So, Lord, now, Lord, how do I, what do I do next? What, what do you want me to do? Should I sell this? Should I get rid of it? So we hold everything loosey. All truth is pursued through Him. Not man is pursued through Him. Through His Word, right? And through his, the power of His Spirit. Um, somebody was sharing, I mean, in our, our group last night, somebody was sharing about the struggle with abundance. And man, that's a real struggle, especially in this town. All of us in here have abundance, by the way. Um, we all have abundance, incredible abundance. And, and this person was talking about the struggle with abundance. And it was like, look, if you don't have this mentality of loose hands, everything is his. It's all his. Everything I own is his. This is a characteristic that should be prevalent in my life if I'm in lordship. Is that, Lord, it's all yours. Okay, you're my provider. You, you own a thousand a cattle on a thousand hills. You own it all. It's all yours. Um, if I'm not living in that, that, that mentality, that mindset, then I'm not in proper lordship, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of walking in a little bit selfish. I just want my things, all right? But if I'm not willing to lose it all, all right? If I'm not willing to lose it all for the sake of him, then I'm, 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 it, it's a dangerous place to be, okay? I'm in bondage to that. And so, and it will be a distraction, a dangerous trap unto sharing the gospel, advancing the church, Building up the body. Um, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Unless you guys, you know, I'm serious about two hours, I'll keep going. So all, again, these are, these are some postures that we should, we should be standing in 
and and this really is our identity. You know, one of the, one of the most powerful things about our walk in lordship is just understanding our identity, what Christ has done, and who he's who I am, what he's made me in to be. And like I said, all that I have is the Lord's. Another one is for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. That is something in our household. We we just continually preach and and, and teach and, and, and build up and, and hope that, hey, we're all here to serve the Lord. Tithing. I mean, Trinity talked about this in worship. If If I'm not tithing, then I'm not in Lordship, plain and simple. Okay? When you're in lordship, you understand again all of, all of this is his. Everything that I've been given is his. And tithing is actually a joy. It's not this. Oh my gosh, here goes my 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 bank account's diminishing because I got to tithe. And by the way, I'm we're not. I'm not asking for your money. The church's not asking for your money. God does not certainly need your money. Okay, this is this is for us. He said, Lord. He can't say, guys, test me in this. This is a promise, Malachi. So test me in this. See if I won't open the storehouses and pour out blessings, overflowing blessings that the storehouse won't even contain. Okay? It is, it is a truth and it is a promise. I've seen it in my own life. And I don't give because of that. I give because of a lordship. This is, it's not, it's a non-issue. You know? If, you, if you're holding on to that, then it just means, hey, I, I can't really give this up. It's actually a joy to give of the first fruits. And tithing, by the way, is not of your time. It's your money. It's not of anything else other than money. It's not, hey, I took five hours to be with somebody this week, and that's my tithe. Okay? No, it's, it's your money. It's 10% of your first fruits. It's a biblical tithe. And you can obviously give more, or more than that, but 10% is the marker we've been given of the Lord to say, look, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me enough? When, when, I, when we first started tithing, we had nothing. We had nothing. My CPA said, you've got to stop tithing. You can't pay your taxes. I said, I will not stop tithing. I will not stop tithing. And you know what? And that was not Bob, by the way. (laughs) Bob would not do that. Um, But look, it was the most rewarding, one of the most rewarding things in fasting and prayer and all these things, spiritual disciplines the Lord's given us that lead us, that allow us to walk in lordship it's one of the most rewarding things. So if you're fearful of that, then, then let it go. Let the Lord take control. Amen? Um, all right. Trinity, you guys um, want to come on up? I'll finish. I'll land it. Okay. I'll keep going. You guys are in luck. Um, you obey Him because of His love. When, he, when you obey his commands, he said, those, those who obey me actually show that they love me. You no longer live for yourself. Second Corinthians 5, 15 through 17. You no longer live for yourself. You live for Christ who died for you. Right? Um, you seek his ways instead of man's because his ways are best. Listen to this prayer of David and then we'll close out. In um, Psalm 86, verse 8. There's none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wonderful things, wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. 
that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I, um, I've got to share this testimony about, about Steve um, and Michelle. The, the lordship that you guys have faithfully walked in since I've known you and being a part of this church is incredible. Without wavering. I mean, I've, I've been in discipleship with Steve um, I think 15 years now. And, and just witnessing that lordship I mean, I've, we've done trips together. We've traveled the world together. We've ministry together, um, prayer together, fasting together, sleepless nights together, praying all, all kinds of things. Um, I have never seen him waver on lordship, ever. Hunger for the word is, is unbelievable. Hunger for the spirit is unbelievable. Um, devotion uh, to others and the love of others, the grace um, Unbelievable what you guys have have exemplified for this body for us to follow for us to witness that and there's many others in here you know that I could speak to guys that that exists among us for the purpose of building us up and and I just invite you everybody email Steve I'm just kidding you can if you want I just there's there's other people in here too that want to walk with you and show you what lordships is like. And what it means in, the, in the, the fruit and the testimonies in their life. Don't just stay silent. Don't just stay on the uh, back burner, so to speak. Lukewarm. The last verse here is in 1 Kings 18, verse 21. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. And so their reaction was to remain silent. And I just want to encourage us not to be silent. I'm not talking about going out and you know, blasting some political message. I'm talking about silence and say, Lord, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. Lord, I'm going to engage with others in the body. Lord, I'm going to truly love. Lord, I'm going to truly love you. I'm going to truly pursue you. Lord, I'm going to, I don't want to be silent anymore. I don't want to be out on this, in this outcast, so to speak, just on the fringe. You know, Lord, I want to be deep into the body, in the, into the, the inner circle. Look at, the, look at the, the desire and the disciples. They all were fighting for this inner circle with Jesus. Lord, who's going to, who's going to be the, who's your favorite? Who's going to be the best? That's, that's where we, we want to come in here, Lord, this is pursuit of wanting to know Him and walking with Him in Lordship. Amen? And clearly, you cannot cover Lordship in one message. This is a life journey that we have to do together. Okay? But the invitation is that you will not be silent. And so I'll pray for that now. Lord, it's just, Lord, I ask you to move us, shake us, Lord, rattle us um, out of complacency. Lord, this is not what you're what you've intended or desired for your body to be lukewarm in any way or fashion in our lives, Lord God, but to be wholly dependent upon you. And I ask you, God, this to, to motivate us out of silence, to motiv- motivate us out of passivity um, into, into, Lord, just a, a fervent, um, vibrant uh, faith in pursuit of you, God. And, 
Lord, I ask you, God, just to move now by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, just to, to awaken us, to awaken anything in, within us that may be dead or sleepy. Lord, to, to open, us, open us, Lord, to the, to the amazing grace of you, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.